Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. They are the best in the insurance business without a doubt. And you want to deal with the best. There's a reason why they're the best. So that's why you want to deal with them. And not only that, they're just great people. It's great to be around great pros that are really nice people. Matt's been saying for years he's he was hoping he could work with one. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. What a great time to buy a vehicle. Holidays are a great time to buy. Great deals. Sunbury Motors. Okay. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department to back it up, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. One quick note before we get to our play-by-play call of the day, and I, I don't want this to be lost uh, as we go through this. I know it was 79 years ago, but today is Pearl Harbor Day. And there are still some that are alive that remember Pearl Harbor Day obviously by the year that unfortunately dwindles there are some who lived in the who may not have been alive during Pearl Harbor but in the aftermath have memories of what the country was like after that or were too young when Pearl Harbor happened when the Japanese attacked that day and sunk all those ships, including the USS Arizona. Matt, in fact, has visited the Arizona, something that uh, one day I wish to do. And it must be quite a solemn journey out to that watery grave. Oh, it definitely is. It's it's pretty surreal knowing that you're walking literally on that ship where those bodies are still still are of those that and gave up leaks, their lives. And, and still to this day leaks oil. Yes, that is very true. I saw it firsthand. Both sides that you, that you can see out of it, there's it's there. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So I just want to make sure we recognize that as we move forward. All right, the play-by-play call of the day. Never thought we'd feature Coastal Carolina football, but here she is. Last chance for the Cougars. Mill the catch. Wrestled down on the two. Literally, BYU and Coastal Carolina go to the last play, and he gets to what? He said the two. I think it was the one-yard line. Wow. Something else. Yeah, that game had everything. Coastal's still undefeated. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it, obviously. Um, We were driving back during the game. Jack and I drove back together. And... uh, And he, you know, I guess because of restraining orders, Jack said, can we go back 78, not 80? I said, yeah. 
I wonder who he was talking about. Do you know? I have an idea. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I think the audience does too. Yes. All right. Uh, the Steelers are playing in 50 minutes. They've got Washington today. This, I think, is going to be, has a chance. This has a chance to be a really good game today. When you look at, obviously, Pittsburgh, their 11-0 speaks for itself. But Washington is starting to play very good football. Alex Smith is a big reason why. But they're, uh, Washington is pretty physical up front, and their defensive front, you know, they've added Chase Young in to go with other guys. Their defensive front for Washington, very, very good. And you know who's starting to play pretty good football for them? Troy Apke. Yes. Absolutely. Happy for him. Apke is, you know, he's... Apke is a very quiet guy. Cerebral. And when he talks, he's interesting to talk to, he's fun to talk to, but he's not one of those look-at-me guys. And I'm just happy for him. And he can run. I mean, Apke has great speed. Ooh, Washington at Steelers Monday game won't be available to Fox TV viewers in half the country. Wow. Yeah, that's because of the, they kept the regional rule, basically, if it were like a regular Sunday game. All right, so this is the parts of the country you can see it. Uh, all of Kansas, half of Missouri... Two-thirds of Nebraska. Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Waco. So about maybe a quarter of Texas. New Orleans. Tampa, Orlando. Melbourne in Florida. Uh, Most of the state of Minnesota. From Green Bay down to Milwaukee to Chicago. But not Indianapolis. Let's see. Um, Detroit, all of Ohio, all of West Virginia, uh, two thirds of Kentucky, a quarter of Tennessee, like Knoxville, then obviously all of Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont, and all of New York, all of West Virginia, all of Ohio. The rest of the country, no. That's absurd. They should. They, you should look at your affiliate. I don't care what the NFL says and say, hey, do you want to carry the game? Yep. 71 of its affiliates will be carrying the game on Fox. Including us, obviously. Now, you know, you can still tune in if you have Sunday Ticket, DirecTV, 100.9 The Valley, obviously. But the entire country gets to see the Bills and the 49ers. That'll be a good game tonight, though, too, I think. Yeah, it actually is a good game. 
That is a good game. If you're Fox, I'd be so frustrated by this. I say, what do you mean you have to carry it regionally? If I'm a Fox affiliate and I'm sitting there and I'm in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, Phoenix, Las Vegas, Houston, Denver, I'm saying, you're telling me I can't carry the NFL? You're telling me that a national brand in the Steelers, and the Steelers are a national brand. Washington has got a pretty strong following, too, nationally. I mean, the traditional teams are the ones that have the national followings. Washington does. Steelers have an even stronger national following. And there's Steeler fans all over the place here. And there are a lot of Washington fans, especially in the South, I mean, why do you think it took forever to expand to New Orleans, Atlanta, then eventually Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, Miami before that, obviously, Carolina? Why do you think it took forever to do that? Because Washington had kept blocking it. In fact, Washington tried to put in something where Dallas was trying to be on a 50,000-watt radio station. And I think it was George Preston Marshall, I want to say, was the owner of the Redskins at the time. And he wanted, and he didn't want them to have that radio station carrying their games because it was a 50,000-watt signal. It would get into Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, and so forth. And, you know, he wanted to have the market to himself. That's why in the South, Washington, whatever they want to be called right now, is extremely popular, more popular than some of the like than Atlanta, the, you know, the Saints, the Jags, even Carolina to a point. Longstanding fan base, those that part of the country won't be able to see the game. All of Alabama, all of Georgia, all of South Carolina, and all of North Carolina will not be able to see the game. Man, if I'm a Fox affiliate, I'm furious. I mean, some of these rules that they come up with, you sit back and say. Again, let's go back to what I what did I talk about in the second half hour? Common sense. A lot of these things violate common sense rules. Give the affiliate the option of saying they don't want to carry it. The affiliate says, hey, look, I'd rather carry my local news because I think that's best for us. Let them. Uh, also, a well, we've had a lot of people pass away this year, huh? Hashtag twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh, by the way, before I get to that, Michigan okayed for workouts. They've been cleared for limited workouts. All right. They are planning to practice in some capacity today. Um. A Michigan spokesman confirmed yesterday that Jim Harbaugh's usual media availability today will not take place without any resolution about the game this weekend. Uh, They're possibly moving that to the midweek. Monday was the earliest the team could get back on the practice field. They say in a limited way they're going to do that today. So that helps. Uh, But, yeah, former Philly Dick Allen passed away today. 1964 National League Rookie of the Year. I think when he came up, he was a third baseman, wasn't he? Then they moved him to first base. And 
Then with the White Sox, he was something else. He was Rookie of the Year with the Phillies. But with the White Sox, he was the MVP. Boy, you want to talk about a powerful guy. Whoa. Dick Allen. I think I think in Philadelphia, mostly was known as Richie Allen, if I remember. Um, and... And Dick Allen, I think Mike Schmidt said it really well. He was a sensitive black man who refused to be treated as a second-class citizen. Good for him. And, you know, he put up with a lot in his career. It's interesting, in Philadelphia, he had a, at times, at times, a negative image. But it's interesting with the White Sox, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers, absolutely not. They said they swore by the guy. And you're talking about a guy who, in 15 years, hit 351 home runs, and he batted 292. He was a great professional hitter. Great professional hitter. I was disappointed they didn't put him in the Hall of Fame. He missed by one vote uh, of getting in in 2014. The Golden Days Committee and Early Days Committee uh, didn't vote this year because of COVID-19. They're going to meet during the winter of 2021. But see, the bummer, you know what the bummer about it that is? <sighs> There's an emotion because he's passed away. And I want to see people honored when they're alive and can, you know what, and get their just due and, and can and can feel the appreciation. Uh, I mean, sometimes you have no choice, obviously. To, for example, today's the anniversary of the day Lou Gehrig was put in. Okay, now that that's different. I mean, they they actually bent the rules to do it. But Dick Allen's one of those guys who should have been in the Hall of Fame. A great player. Saw him play a couple times when he was with the White Sox. Game I went to with my grandfather. See, when I was younger, now I went to some games with my dad. But when I was younger, a little more often with my grandfather, we'd go to Fenway Park. And so when I was younger, my grandfather would would treat me, along with my brother, to the games. And my grandfather was, I loved him. He was such a marvelous guy. Marvelous guy. You know, and he, you know, being my grandfather, he had more time to take me. My dad was working so hard all the time that my dad did everything he could to take us whenever he could. But more often, when I was younger, my grandfather and I were. So when I was younger, he treated when then I got older, I treated him. It was a big deal for the two of us to go into Fenway Park together. So it was 1974. The Red Sox were playing an afternoon game with the White Sox. It was, I think I want to say it was in August. And Jim Rice was in the Hall of Fame. We were there. 
when Jim Rice got his first major league hit. It was a single off the wall in left field. Roger Moret pitched for the Red Sox that day and threw a, one, a complete game one hitter. The only hit was an infield hit in the seventh inning by Dick Allen. Dick Allen's a great hitter, played hard too. Smart player. And Philly fans remember him. So, uh, again, we've got uh, Steelers Washington on Fox. We live in an area that will carry it. We've got Bills 49ers tonight. Everybody can see that on ESPN. All right, take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Donnie Collins, final half hour. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. To the end zone, touchdown! Jalen Hurts' first touchdown pass goes to Greg Ward. There's the Eagles' future right there in a nutshell. Inspiring. At least for these next four games. I don't know. I never understood the pick when they made it. Do a, if if Jalen Hurts were picked in the fourth round, I would totally understand that. Totally. I'm like, okay, man, that's worth it. Fourth round, I'd do that. You have so many needs in the team. That was not one of the needs. And you're you know you're telling me that he's you know there's your future quarterback. He wasn't the future quarterback at Alabama. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure at Oklahoma now. If Spencer Rattler's out there, and the way you know Rattler's, yeah, Rattler hasn't been perfect. I mean, Rattler's had some up and down moments, but in turn, you look at Rattler play, you think to yourself, he's got a, a look that NFL teams are going to take a long look at. How about that? And he he's your guy. Who, who do the Eagles have next? Uh, New Orleans at home with their backup quarterback. Correct. Who hasn't lost? Yes, and who's actually played pretty well. I thought you told me they shouldn't play him. No, I was okay with them playing him. They should be playing okay. him. Yeah, I thought so too. 
I think that's screams volumes about Taysom Hill and screams volumes about Jameis Winston. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. All right. But, look, can they do worse with Hurts? No. The Eagles cannot do worse with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. They can't. Could they do better, at least temporarily? Sure. Sure. At least he can move and make some plays. All right. Long term? Man, if he's the long-term solution for Philadelphia quarterback, I'd be really surprised. Well, it's now, hard to say right now because you don't know the hard to, hard to the, say what. Well, because you don't I'm know wild. you don't know what the future is of the of the head coach of the GM. You got to figure that out first before the quarterback. Yeah, I understand that, but my point is this: I've watched him play quarterback for years now at Alabama and Oklahoma. Okay, is 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 he going to dramatically change between what I've watched for the last five years? No. I, I don't know. There are a lot of things that the Eagles did. Drafting Rager, I sat back. I, what did I say about Rager the first day they drafted him? I don't get it. What did I say about Hurts when they drafted him? I don't get it. You can't keep acting when you draft like you're the, like you know something everybody else doesn't know and say, you know, we're the smartest people in the room. Maybe everybody else was right. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the PA Insurance Department. Most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. Our office remains open and available to service our current and new clients by phone by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated to the highest level of service to protect what matters most. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Here on the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And also Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, life, auto, business, whatever your insurance needs are, they got you covered. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Donnie Collins from the Scranton Times-Tribune in just a couple of moments with Steve, who will be joining us once again from the Sunbury Motor Studio. And a two-game win streak for the Penn State Nittany Lions as they defeated Rutgers 23-7 over the weekend, as heard here on WKOK, getting set now for Michigan State with a 3.30 kickoff 
on Saturday and a 2 o'clock tailgate showtime right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, WKOK.com, and the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. Yeah, my apologies, by the way, to Chris, because I know Chris called. Uh, for some reason, uh, on my call screen, I'm not getting anybody. So, Chris, please call back when you get a chance. We have Donnie, correct? Yep, he's ready to go. Yeah. Again, I said it because, again, I don't have that on my call screen. So, so I mean, I'm part. I'm playing kind of the guessing game right now. Donnie, welcome, my friend. Great to have you with us, Donnie Collins. Great to be here, Steve. All right, Donnie, um, the conditions – Dictate how you play. What did you think about Penn State's plan based on the conditions they played in? Thought it was a wonderful plan, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I figured you know you see the you see the weather and it's thirty mile an hour winds with gusts, and you, you figure you're going to get a bunch of rain. You, you know you're going to have to run the ball, but that makes it challenging because Rutgers knows they're going to have to run the ball too. So I really thought the team that made more you know, more plays in the passing game would win the game, and that was clearly Penn State. But yeah, you know, it was you know I, I think just a continuation of what they did against Michigan, which is really what could you know the coaching staff sitting down and saying what could this team with the players we have left and, and what you know their, their grasp of the offense, their and, and, and things like that. What, what could they do to be successful? And they've done it. They've they've pounded the ball with Kevon Lee. They've they've gotten Devin Ford in the in the mix when they've had him. And and, and Clifford's made some some safe throws. And and, he, and he's protected the ball largely. I, I think it. You know, it, it's hard for me anyway to to knock the game plan when you win, especially in, in, in bad bad conditions. And and, and I think they. I, hey, I, I think the first five weeks top Penn, should have taught Penn State fans that you don't. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth here, and you know they they they, they did well enough to win the game, and 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 I think that was a considering everything. I, th- I thought they did a great job. Uh, there are several elements of this game that defensively, I mean, to me the biggest one was when they, you know, when they turned the ball over. Although it probably, I understand that they, that the replay is obstructed, but I, I think the, the the kid that for Rutgers that recovered, he was out of bounds. Uh, Irrelevant. Defense comes out there, and guess what? Rutgers from its own side of the field ends up punting. Uh, that to me was a big sequence. I thought Penn State's defensive tackles, uh, whomever it was, Shelton, Mustafer, uh, I, I felt like they dominated the line of scrimmage. Oh, absolutely, Hansard too. I, I, I thought Hansard made a couple yeah. of yeah. a couple of really big plays, especially on the on the fourth and one. Or I thought the fourth and one off the first drive was. Was a huge play. I mean, that's that's Rutgers doing what they've done well. You know, they get they get into a fourth and short situation. They put Langan in there. He's their Will Levis. He's going to try to just battering ram his way behind the center and the guards and, and get a yard. He had done it, I, I think, every time this year that he tried. And 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 I, I thought that was a that was a huge play. I, I would have punted there personally. You had the wind at your back. Yeah. Penn State Penn State had a 17 play drive that they couldn't. You know, with that win, they couldn't push it past the 30. So I, I thought they should have punted, but I certainly get why they did what they did. But for Penn State to stop that play, I think that kind of continued the momentum from the week earlier with the fourth and one against Michigan and showed them what they're doing on defense works. But, yeah, the other play I thought was really big is the one you mentioned was after the after the fumble when they when they stopped them in their own territory. Because that's something they hadn't done early in the season. James has been 
talking very correctly, by the way, since since basically the third or fourth week, and saying hey, this, the game, the season, the losses are about turnovers, and yes. you know, they, they've been they've been turning the ball over on the minus side of the field and giving up points. Well, well, this time they didn't, and and that's that's a big point in the game. I mean, Rutgers is still in it at that point, so but I, I thought that was a that was a major major turning point in the game. Where that's when I knew Penn State was going to win was when they stopped Rutgers on that drive. Yeah, you no, know, exactly. I, I thought that as well. Uh, now, when I I look at the offense, we can talk about the line for a moment. What did you think, though, of Strange and Johnson as blocking components at tight end? <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you mention it because I, I, I'm having a really tough time watching the games. I'm just watching Strange and Johnson. It, it, it's it, 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 I, I think they're so good. Uh, in the run game, and, and I didn't expect that. I, especially from, I, I mean, anything Theo Johnson does was going to surprise me because I've never seen him play. Um, he's just—he I mean, he's a kid from—he's—he's he's the most talented kid in the in the field by far. He might be the most talented kid in the country. He's from, so I—you I, I, don't know what he's going to get. But I was—I was really surprised to, to see Strange develop as a blocker the way he was because you know he's—he's he's not a kid who played tight end in high school. He's a, he's a former wide receiver. He. You know, he, he kind of has that mentality. He's, he's a guy who's going to go up and win one-on-one battles in the passing game. But those two guys blocking, I, I think they've, they're the reason that five-yard runs are turning into 10-yard runs and 20-yard 20 run, 20 runs. Part of the reason, anyway. But, but they're, they're not missing. They're, they're, they're getting on linebackers and just obliterating them. They, they're doing a great job. And, and I think that's a, a testament to Tyler Bowen because – He's really developed those two kids quick, and, and and you know we could say this at every position where you got a young guy. You could say it about Lee, you could say it about Parker Washington, whatever. But they're playing because veteran guys can't or aren't, and 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 it's it, I, I think that this really bodes well for Penn State's future. I mean, you can look at the record and and shrug and laugh or whatever, but you know the future of Penn State football is pretty good. They're, they're gonna they're gonna have at least two tight ends back next year who. Who I think are maybe future all-conference quality players with, with Strange and Johnson, and that's you know who knows what Pat's going to do. But yeah, I, I just I, I think their their young guys have, have played pretty well, and, and and certainly better than I ever would have expected they would. And, and I think the coaches would say that too. And of course, the offensive line we've mentioned during all of this. What about the running backs to make it pay off? Devin Ford and Kevon Lee primarily carried the ball, Keziah Holmes at the end. What did you think of how, about how the running backs handled their blocking? You know, because they had to oh, handle it in the cohesion of it. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's what kind of impresses me the most with with uh, with Lee. And, 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 and First of all, I think, I, I, th- I think for the last four weeks, the offensive line has been doing pretty well. I, you know, I even even the Iowa game, Iowa's really really tough. If you play them to a stalemate, you've done a, a pretty good job. I, I certainly don't think they they won in the trenches against Iowa, but I, I thought there were some holes there. And then and again, they got they got behind early and and had to do some things they didn't want to do. But you know, I, I think what Lee has done, especially the Michigan game, and I, and I think to a degree he's done it in some other games as well. But he's such a patient runner. Probably because he has to be. He's just doing what he can do. I mean, I'm sure they told him don't go out and try to do too much. Just go and and find the hole and hit it. Run behind the blocker. And it's really basic running that that that, that, that it's football 101 that he's that he's really been able to find some success with. But but this line with you know, I thought Menett played a, a heck of a game. Maybe the best game I've seen him play. 
on, yeah, on, Mena was on really Saturday. Good. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, Mena, yeah, Mena was really good. Yeah, I, I, I think you could say that about a few guys, but you know, they, they've there was there was gaping holes there, and, and once once Lee, you know, Lee just kind of wears you down as a as a defensive player because he's so big, and you know, he, he he leans on you, he looks for the contact, and, and I, I think he's the kind of running back that gives you a physical you know, a, a physical presence in your offense without maybe being a, a physical by nature offense. And you know, he, he's he's doing some things that no Penn State running back has done in the last couple of years, which is moving the ball between the tackles pretty consistently. And and, and I think that kind of rubs off on a guy like Devin Ford because I, I, I and, and again I think he's come out and done done a good job the last couple of weeks. And he he himself was put in a tough spot because you know as as, as Jaywan Sider said a couple of weeks ago, you know he's preparing as the starter, but he's not preparing to be the guy because you have so many guys in front of you. Now he's the guy, and I think he's kind of learned how to embrace that role. And, and, and you're starting to see that, that those guys are, are becoming better players because they're becoming guys who play more. Obviously, Jahan Dotson can make plays, and he can make game-breaking plays. He's proven it. Parker Washington in that slot makes plays. Uh how important would it be moving forward, not in a game like this? I mean, the conditions were not conducive to big, explosive plays. That's just the way the condition. We had to be there to know it. Uh, you can't just sit on TV and go, I don't understand why they're not doing it. If you're there, you know why. But what would it mean to this offense to get a, a game-breaking type opposite guys like Dotson and Washington? It's what they're missing. It, it, it just it, it just is, and they, they they don't they didn't they weren't going to have that this year anyway. They didn't have that that type of guy, and look, they, they have to get Dotson somehow involved more. And and I say that every week, and then they give him a bunch of targets, and you know he he still gets a couple of catches. They're trying to force it to him, they, but they have to get a guy who enables Dotson to get the ball within the flow of the offense without trying to get him the ball. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think there's any any mystery here that. You know, Isaac Lutz has given him something, sure. And uh, especially on third downs, and and and, and that's enabled the passing game to work a little bit better. And, and I think Parker is going to be a, a a really really high volume receiver, very good, very good player moving forward. But they need that they need that big guy. They need the Godwin type of guy to to get where they want to go. Where the you know right. Allen Robinson, you know, if, if they have those kind of guys and Dotson, you're going to see Dotson putting up Parker Washington's numbers because right now. Uh, you know Parker Washington's taking some of Dotson's catches, but mm-hmm. and, and this is no knock on Parker Washington, but if Dotson's getting nine catches the way Washington is in a game, he's, he's going to do more with those yards. Conceivably, anyway, you would you would think because he's such a good open field runner. But yeah, that, I, I think I think that's a, that's a really great point. I, I think they need that type of player in the offense to get where they they really think they can go. And it, you know, I don't know if they have them with those those young receivers or not, but. But I think what they have now is is good enough to win games. But you know, at a championship level, I think that's the one thing. I mean, people are going to say, "Oh, they need a quarterback." I I think they need the receiver more. Yeah, uh, let's. I want to get to uh, the defensive side of the ball. Uh, when you look at you know the linebackers, you know, I I, I thought Luketta played a better game. Joey Porter ended up being the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Uh, outside the guys up front, we talked about already. What about the back seven? What did you like, and what questions do you have about the back seven? Yeah, I, <laughs> my question about the back seven really is how have they done it in the passing game? I, I don't, I don't know if I've. I mean, I'm sure it's happened because 
the game has changed so much. But in recent years, I don't remember a time where back-to-back weeks, and certainly the weather conditions had a factor last week, but I don't remember where you're giving up 120 yards, 110 yards passing in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, and and I think Marquise Wilson's given him something. I like him as a cover guy, and Porter Porter looks like the real deal. He he deserved the the freshman yeah. week honor. He's deserved it a couple times. I think I think he's a a fantastic player. But but I also think it's. it's but they're starting to get some better play out of the safeties. I mean, Brisker, I thought, had his best game. And I watched Brisker, Brisker a lot. Back-to-back, week, back-to-back weeks, uh, Donnie. I thought Brisker was fabulous against Michigan. I thought he was even better against Rutgers. Yeah. he's And, he, and I don't know if many people know this, but he, he's play, he played a different position last year, and he's playing this year. And this year he's kind of just doing some of the stuff he did at Lackawanna College when he, when he set, you know, he set the world on fire at Lackawanna. He led the team in sacks, interceptions, forced fights. He led the team in like almost every defensive category. It was, it was right. a, his, his 2018 season at Lackawanna is, is a stuff of legend. But he's starting to show that a little bit. I mean, he, he made plays in the backfield last week. He, he made the, the hit on Melton on the sidelines to, to break up the throw. And he, he's, done, he's done some really, really nice things, I, I think, the last two weeks. And he's giving them something that, that the linebackers haven't, which is the guy who can make the, the play on the sideline. Uh, you know, in the run game, and he's you know he's he's, got, he's a guy who can come off the blitz. He does a good job with that. He hasn't done it a whole lot, but he's he's done it. I I, I just think he's a he's a fantastic player. But they they, they certainly need more of the linebackers. I you know I, Luke, you said Luketa played better. I, I think he did, but he, he's got he's got to be more consistent in the yes, open field, does. making some tackles. And uh, you know I think Brooks has been fine, but they, they need more out of Smith and Luketa. And once they get it. That that defense is going to go to the to the next level, and and, and you know, and, and hey, it, it's if you look at the last two weeks, and I'm sure there's been some X factors, but you know they've played really well. Yeah, Donnie, always a pleasure. Appreciate it very much. I hope to see you Saturday. I'll be there, Steve. Look forward to it. Thank you, Donnie. Right. Yep. Thank you, Don, Donnie Collins. Man, let me tell you just one quick story, and we'll take a break, and then if Chris calls back, let me know, because I won't be able to see the call, okay? One quick story. Penn State, it was the 900th win in the history of Penn State football. All right. So I mentioned it right there in the last play of the game. So they're the eighth program ever to get there. So we're we're done. Do the post-game show. Now it's time to leave, so we're packing some stuff up. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack went to get something. Then while he's gone, since we're driving back together, I wanted to check my phone because I wanted to see what time it was. That way, I could start thinking about what time we might get back to State College. So again, this is Penn State's 900th win. When I when I took my phone out of the bag and turned the phone on to see what time it was, it was 4:09. Back with more from Purdy Insurance after this. Jets coming. Carr put some air under it. Wide open his legs for the touchdown. Miraculous. No, he didn't. Should have heard Brent Musburger's call of it. It was great. Jackpot. <laughs> Jackpot Vegas. 
See, how did you like my story about 900 wins on my phone showing me 409 when I went to leave the booth? <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. I kind of choked up a bit when I saw that. I thought, oh, my goodness. How about the irony of that? Hey, Chris, I apologize to you. My call screen was blank, so I didn't see your call before, so I was not ignoring you. My complete apology to you from me. Not, not a problem, Steve. I just wanted first comment in the State College Town and Gown. They did a great feature article on you a month or so ago. Anybody well, has a chance you. to look at it, they really enjoy it. No, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Karen Walker wrote, and she she did a great job, and I appreciate you saying that. Uh, one thing about Dick Allen, I don't know if you mentioned it or not. Uh, he's he was from appropriately Wampum, Pennsylvania, which How is out, just outside of Newcastle. Yeah, and I think Boy, uh, Chuck Tanner, with his Newcastle connections, knew Dick Allen when he was. A young Richie Allen. Yeah. Yeah, young Richie Allen. That's what he was with the Phillies. He was Richie Allen, not Dick Allen. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, Newcastle's he, turned out a few he, between Bruce Clark and Marcus and Hooker. And, you know, boy, they get some yep. good players out of that area. Sure do. And just down the road, all the uh, people from the Beaver Valley with uh, Joe Namath. Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, up and down that western part of the state. They used to call it the cradle of quarterbacks. (laughs) Justifiably. Hey, a couple questions on uh, Penn State. I know because of the the virus going on, uh, that money coming into the university is severely cut back. Any stories on... uh, Everything's on hold for stadium renovations and arenas and all that good stuff. I would think right now you're just trying to do everything you can to reduce the size of the deficit for this particular it's, year. It's and I too think bad. That, that it's yeah. it's too bad with uh, no no spectators that they couldn't play a few basketball games in Rec Hall. Yeah, but you know what? It's you, you got to be able to play in an area that um, it's easy to work around. The Jordan Center, in some ways, is easier to work around in terms of playing a doubleheader and disinfecting yeah. the building and things like that. There's a lot of other elements that go into it. but And also, you have to put a basketball court into Rec Hall. There's not a basketball court in Rec Hall. Whenever they play there, they actually have to rent a court and really? put it in there. Yep. I mean, the, the intimacy factor and what calls so much nicer than Bryce Jordan, whoever designed Bryce Jordan, wasn't a fan. <laughs> Chris, you are so right about that. I agree with you completely about that. It's more intimate in Rec Hall, and the Jordan Center is not really built as a basketball arena. Nope. Chris, absolute uh, uh, pleasure. Th- thank you so much for the time. Thank you for the very kind comments, too. I appreciate that. Hopefully we'll have a blue and white game this spring. That's what I'm hoping for, too, because I want to see as many fans out there as possible. It's time we all... It would be nice to have a Penn State baseball game at the same time. Yes, I agree with you. Completely agree. I'll call Uh, you back and talk about the new minor league situation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. I'm kind of excited about it. I am, too. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Today's show has been brought to you by Purdy Insurance.